In the beer garden, there was like two or three policemen in the building's beer garden. By using bridging loan, you purchase three pubs, three houses in three days. Um, how do I put this on a podcast? Um, <laughs> you can say it. Welcome to the Property Developers Secrets Podcast. Making developments more achievable. Hello and welcome to the Property Developers Secrets Podcast with myself, Lloyd Girardi. And myself, Andy Cook. So We are going to be talking about bridging loans and how bridging loans can unlock huge potential and unlock deals. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about bridging loans, how it can help you, but also we're going to reminisce on a couple of deals that we've used, we'll say a couple of deals, a few deals that we've used bridging loans on. Um, and a few interesting stories along the way. So, yeah, bridging loans. Just to, as a as a brief, a bridging bridging loan is a a short term loan to bridge the gap between purchase and longer term finance initially. Okay, so can be used without planning, can be used with planning. Uh, it's just a very good tool to have um, to be able to get longer term finance and buy something quicker at the right price potentially as well. So. Yeah, bridging loans are very handy if you know how to use them and when to use them. Yeah, look, there's lots of different types of finance. We'll talk about that over uh, other episodes. And um, I suppose when we started, we weren't aware of all of these types of loans, were we? We were looking for deals. We found a deal really quickly, actually, and we bought it at auction. We had 28 days at auction to pay for it. So we needed to work out we're going to do that because we actually didn't have any money either, did we? No. So we had 28 days to pay for this. And we went out to find um, find some private investment and um, we did find some, but we weren't finding it quick enough. So after about 10 days, maybe 14 days or something like that, somebody mentioned to us in one of the groups, property groups that we we're with, they mentioned the term bridging loan. Now, we didn't really know what a bridging loan was at the time, if we're honest, did we? No, no, no. We were, we were new to developments. This was well, new to property. So like some of you out there probably don't know bridging loans already. This is going to be new to you. But you're learning it now rather than when you're trying to find money um, for your first development. Like We kind of just did it and probably did it too quick, but we weren't too naive. But without that, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have done the deals we've done. So, yeah. yeah so that was in 2014, wasn't it, in context? And we're sitting here at 2023 now. So um, they they suggested a bridging loan. It's quick-term finance. And it, it's not, it doesn't require as much due diligence from the lender as commercial lending, like long-term development finance or you know, or, or commercial finance at the back end, um, purely because they're going to take the security on us as the developers and the land that we're buying. So it didn't necessarily need to have planning. The plot that we'd bought had planning, but it was lapsed. So we had to resurrect the planning, put in a new scheme. So, you know, we could get a bridging loan to short term the gap whilst we got the planning. And then we would get traditional development finance, which would be at a cheaper rate. So bridging was a bit more expensive. But, you know, we were using it as a tool so that we could do the deal and get the money to complete at auction. Yeah, and it's a good tool to use at auction. Like, you've got generally 28 days, or the modern method is 56 days now. So you've got a short window of time to get finance for a deal. So if you haven't got all the money to purchase it, like us, a bridging loan is pretty much the only the only option at that point if you haven't got planning. So um, we had £50,000 from an investor. We needed £110,000 more. So we ended up getting a bridging loan to complete that purchase and actually it went over a day longer so we actually completed on the 29th day of the 28 days but the auction house knew what was happening we kept them up to date the lenders were telling us that the money's coming so it came in the end and we managed to purchase that plot of land to start all of this uh, with the bridging loan and that unlocked a lot of knowledge for us so 
having the tool of a bridging line in, in our in our armory was um, was something that we took we took on quite heavily, didn't we? So, a few years later, we well, were the next year, yeah, two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen, we basically um, had an opportunity to go to a, another place uh, in the country. So, in Cumbria, there was an opportunity to work there, and we found a um, a bit of a niche in the market. We went up there. So we went up there. You went up there. Um, basically, we, we had a joint venture partner we were working with. And by using Bridging Loan, you purchased three pubs, three houses in three days. Now, that's a spending spree. Like. Yeah, I went on a shopping spree, yeah. But, um, yeah, so when you say Cumbria, that sort of it springs into people's minds, you know, nice walks around the Lake District. Bonus, you know, yeah. Yeah, nice. going to Windermere and all that kind of thing. You know, beautiful, you know. Um but we weren't there. No, you we carry on past all them. We were <laughs> in Cumbria. We went to the end of the line, went to um, more the working town, Barron Furness. Um, I'd never been there before. Um, really, uh, people go there more for the trade side of it. Um, it's um, the, it's where BAA, BAE is, where they build the nuclear deterrent submarines, the Trident series and all that kind of thing. There's big wind energy up there off the, uh, off the northwest coast. Um, it's um, There's loads of... Loads of commercial reading, yeah, so lots of contractors going there. They need experienced workers from out of town going yeah. and working there, and that was all highlighted to us. So I went there to look at it, and we did a bit of due diligence beforehand. We knew the week before that we were going, so we looked online, <coughs> used some of the tools to look at what properties were around. We couldn't believe how, how cheap they were, in essence. So I went up there, looked at them. There was derelict pubs, sat there for years. The locals couldn't really see what to do with them. Uh, and I just could see potential. We'd done a couple, a few HMOs at this point. We were looking to grow a portfolio of more HMOs. That's what the commercial market was up there. So, um, yeah, I went up there and I went up quite bullish. I was talking about, you know, I want 100 rooms in in a, in a year in the, in the town and all that kind of thing. I got quite excited with it. And we'd learned how to use bridging loans. So, again, we all our, any money we had was tied up um, in the first developments we were doing. We're on our second one at that point as well, 11 houses locally in Northampton. And um, and I, I I saw these houses were going for like you know seventy eighty ninety thousand um, and then these pubs you know one of them well we ended up buying one of them for sixty three thousand one of them for ninety four thousand and one of them for one hundred eighty seven thousand but um, you know, we didn't have any money so we we cycled it using bridging loans something we didn't even know existed a year before that. In November 2015, we actually had eight bridging loans in one month, didn't we? So we found someone who yeah. backed us on the ones in Barrow uh, with three houses, three pubs. We had one for a, a house in, in Northampton as well. I can't remember what the other one was now. But there was eight, I remember, in, in that month. Um, and it enabled us to buy these. A couple of the pubs were at auction again um, and under similar conditions. Uh, the others were just from normal agents, the houses and things like that. But we found um, we found a bridging uh, lender. In fact, the guy who I said probably going to come on next week, um, he backed us, and he 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 was happy with the area as well when he did his due diligence, and he enabled us to move really quickly on those. Again, not using any of our own money. No, so those um, I remember driving up there and being sat in front of this lender. He actually came to the owner of the of the the, the bridging lender, which is Roma Finance. He came up to sit in front of us to interview us to see if they were willing to give us money, and that was their kind of checkpoint at the time. So they were very, um, well, not very new. They were new at the time. They were sort of growing um, themselves, 
And yeah, that was one of their, their checklists to do is actually they invest in people rather than the deals or as well as the deals, I suppose. They met us, God knows how, how they actually ended up getting funding after meeting us, but um, he liked the deals, he liked us. Um, and yeah, he, he sort of went on. Hold on a minute, hold on. Before we get to that, mate. <laughs> Hi guys, just a quick one while you're listening to this. Property development is made up of six key skill sets. They are land sourcing, planning, build, funding, the exit, and the mindset in developments. Now, I've put this into a test where you can actually go through the test and it will tell you what you are good at and what you need improving. Now, this is essential to becoming a better uh, property developer. If you know that you're good at one area, you need to start focusing on the stuff that you're weaker at. So I challenge you to go and take that test. If you're enjoying this podcast, take the test, see what your scores are, and let us know. So he was coming up on that. I remember this all very vividly. Yeah, very, very vividly. He was coming up on that day on the morning. He was getting there for about 11 o'clock, half 11. And it was the first time you'd actually been to the town. And the only reason you were going up there was because we had to physically meet. All partners had to meet this guy on site because he was going to be, you know, in theory, looking at lending for several loans. And um, we got up there and we went to the Washington, which was the biggest of the three pubs. So that ended up being 31 bed um HMO, which was then serviced accommodation. We built extensions on it and all that kind of thing. So a big building. And um, we were buying that from Auction House. And so we met the guy from Auction House there. And um, he opened the front door with the keys he had. He had one we went key, into the, to the, the bar area, yeah. And um, and it turned out that we, we could only get into the bar. We couldn't get into the rest of the building. There was another three floors on top of it. There was a little bit out the back. And... Um, the guy who was coming up to meet us from Roman Finance was, was never going to accept that. He needed to see the whole building. You know, yeah, I remember because he said, oh, there's one key, but in the drawer in the bar, there's a drawer full of keys. Yeah. And there was, like when I say drawer full of keys, there's probably about 100 different keys in there. It was ridiculous. Um, but we couldn't find any of those keys to get through. So we went through, through all of those bit. like three times. Yeah. So by this point, we realized there wasn't a key that was going to work it. So we went back to the agent. Turns out the guy who owned it, we were buying it off. He um, he was on holiday somewhere, like in bloody Spain or somewhere, so he wasn't going to be available. But we had this guy driving up from Manchester to come and give us all these loans. So nothing goes perfectly. So we said, look, let's have a look around, see how we can get access to this building. So we found we could get into the beer cellar, didn't we, from the bar. Yeah. So we opened the hatch from in the bar, went into the beer cellar, crawled through this, you know, four foot kind of height bit there. So I had to, you know, almost crawl on my hands and knees. You were fine, didn't, didn't even have to bend <laughs> no, down. That's it. Um, but um, we crawled through that, got to the beer chute at the back of the pub, flipped the big metal grid over, jumped up into the backyard, and then there was this rusty old like fire escape, wasn't there? Went up the yeah. fire escape, found on the top floor that there was an old crickle, like, you know, there's safety glasses with a wire in it. Single there was pane. a single pane, yeah. yeah. And the fire door, and the putty was sort of really rotten around the outside. So went back down the steps, found a shovel, and then use the edge of the shovel to pick out all the putty on this safety glass, <laughs> remove the glass, now. step through where the glass was, and then was like, hey, we're in, cool. You know, like we were deliberating how we were going to get the guy from Roma Finance in through that area. But, you know, we'll worry about that later. So just to paint the picture that this is third story, climbing through the, the fire escape, it overlooks a load of terrace houses, overlooks the beer garden, um, a corner shop on there, cash point. It's not a busy street, but it's, it's busy There's enough. There's people around, yeah. Yeah. So we were walking around, showing you the first time you'd seen it, the size yeah. of these rooms, you know, the scale of it all, the ceiling heights, big building. I think it was and graffiti uh, on the walls. Yeah, yeah, that's Lennox it. Lewis was here or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we looked out the window and it was like, oh, there's a police car out there. 
Hold on a minute, there's two. There's three police cars out there. They're busy today, aren't there's they? There's a guy in the beer garden and waving at us. In the beer garden, there was like two or three policemen in the building's beer garden, like waving up and looking at us and like calling us down, beckoning us down, weren't they? <laughs> so we were like, oh, we were waving back at him. That's nice. <laughs> They're nice around here, aren't they? And then we realised that he wanted to see us. So we, we had to go back out the window, down the fire escape, into the beer hatch, under the, the, the beer chutes, whatever, up in the bar, Dust go to the, the front. Yeah, like... You know, we, we had our jackets on because we were meeting this lender. So we had like blazers and trousers and shirts on and all that kind of thing. Open the door to these quite angry looking policemen, didn't we? Yeah. And, and I think we were about 10 seconds away from being arrested. I think officially, I think for a couple of minutes, we did get arrested. I mean, he sat me down, you know, like on the chair with a cuss runner back, slap him. No, they didn't really yeah. do that. No, they didn't do that. No, but they did take us in. You know, they asked us a lot of questions. They were, you know, were obviously trying to see what we were doing while we were crawling through the top floor of this building. People on the cash machine had seen us and called it in on a 999 call, weren't they? Yeah, we were just testing the responsiveness of the police. Yeah, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. <laughs> Within yeah, two minutes, good. they were there. So, um, yeah, so we explained what the situation was. We'd actually we'd exchanged our auction. We paid the 10% and we, we didn't own the building. We hadn't completed but um, you know they accepted that. They said that they they did think that we were the most you know that well dressed criminals they'd seen in in Barrow for a while. Probably the most dressed well dressed people. But and um and they um you know we explained what we we're doing and they were actually quite interested, weren't they? Yeah. And they were sort of saying, oh well you know, policemen have pension money and things like that, and they were quite interested in getting into property anyway. But we had we had that conversation. They they understood. They you know took the cuffs off, whatever. And then we had to get our heads clear because it was like half an hour before the, the guy was coming, Scott was coming from Roma. Yeah. And we, um, I don't think we told him that story for a couple of years, did we? No. And we said, oh, by the way, but time you met us, <laughs> we yeah. almost got arrested. But um, yeah, look, <laughs> I can just imagine, I can still remember going through and you remember the jacket I was wearing and all sorts, but that was just what we had to do at the time. Like we, we well, he probably could have come and said, oh, we can't actually get to the top floor. He probably would have been fine about it, but we weren't thinking mm, that way. I don't way. know. I don't yeah. know. People need to see the building. But, you know, we wanted to show it in its best possible light. We showed him around all the buildings. And do you know what? He gave us quite a hard time that day. He talked about, you know, one of the partners had a bad credit history. Um, there was, you know, the, there was some kind of weird, um, how do I put this on a podcast? Um, <laughs> you can say it, brothel. Yeah, well, it was some kind of, I think it was more of a sex shop, you know, like it was a contractor's area, wasn't it? So, you know, they were providing services to people who were away from home or whatever. That was opposite one of the pubs, wasn't it? He made a good point <laughs> of that. And, um, and you know, like he, he was quite derogatory about some of it, but we didn't know at the time. He was kind of testing our reactions to see how we would respond to that because he was looking at quite a lot of loans. And then, you know, we've, we know him quite well now. He's a good friend of ours. So he's, he said that we, you know, we passed with flying colours all the questions that he asked us. We then went and did those loans with them. And we've done lots of loans with them ever since. In fact, some of our big buildings, Mill Road, we just finished. Finally, we're doing, we're still with that same lender. Property is all about relationships, isn't it? And we built a very sound relationship on those early loans with, with that company. And they've backed us pretty much ever since. And, you know, I think just to conclude this, look, we're not telling you that bridging is the way that you should go for every deal. Bridging, like anything else, is a tool. You learn where what its pros and its cons are. You learn how to use it in the right scenarios, and you can use it to get deals which you perhaps wouldn't have been able to get to. But you only do it if there's enough profit margin. You can afford to do that in the deal. You do your due diligence at the start. That allowed us to leverage 
bridging to get those buildings to turn them into 80 82 rooms we had at peak in um in in barrow and we turned them into service accommodation we ran them for those um those contractors for quite a few years before we sold the whole portfolio so it gave us a lot of traction which we wouldn't have been able to get without bridging now the good news is bridging is actually a lot cheaper than it was then it was quite expensive way of doing it then against um traditional funding but it's a lot cheaper now so if you're looking at those kind of deals look at whether it works for you do your due diligence see if you've got the profit margin for it Go and speak to people like Scott from Roma Finance or one of the other bridging providers and see if bridging can help you.